Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about Jesus' most famous preaching in the Beatitudes. That's right. We're going to look at each of the eight Beatitudes and how they apply to your life and what our Lord intended for us to learn about salvation in heaven through them. If you want a direct path to heaven, like all of the saints, it's all about living out these very Beatitudes. back for another show i'm really i mean i can't believe we haven't in five years talked about the beatitudes so i'm really excited about mm -hmm. this episode this this is like some of the most difficult teachings that jesus gave to us you know i think this is one of those things where we said well this is probably so fundamental everyone knows this they don't want to hear about it but then as the time has went on and we've looked at how people respond to the content we put out there they really respond when we refresh some of these teachings that seem so kind of Every day. Yeah. But when you really look into the Beatitudes, the power and the lessons behind them is absolutely life-altering. And I would say this is the greatest teaching of Christ's whole proclamation of the kingdom. You know, in the yeah. context of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes are like the new Decalogue. It's like Moses on top of, um, you know, Sinai. This is our Lord giving the new law. Mm -hmm. And that's why we wanted, to, we wanted to go through these today because... When you look at them again with fresh eyes, they change your heart and your life. The centrality of Jesus' teaching and the mystery of the cross, which is fundamental to us all, embracing the cross and following Christ, the question revolves around our day-to-day -day where we have a hard time with suffering. We have a hard time with poverties. Well, the proclamation leverages the very kingdom of God and manifests what is in store for those who are suffering the weight of the cross. So for those of you who are out there who are suffering your certain cross, well, Jesus has something to say to you, and it is the very foundational teachings of Christ. And this is motivated by Jesus seeing, as we're going to hear in the, in the gospel in just a moment, he sees the crowd. And you could just sense the tenderness and the mercy of the Lord facing his people who are clearly suffering, and he lays down the most important teaching of his public ministry. Now, for the people who don't know, uh, the Beatitudes were, again, given in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, that great teaching moment of our Lord. Um, and the Beatitudes is how he begins. Now, this comes from Matthew's Gospel, and we'll, we'll go through it, but there's eight simple statements that begin with, blessed are they, and that's where the name comes from. So if mm. you look at the Latin version of the translation from the Vulgate, mm. You know, each one of these beatitudes of the eight starts with "Blessed are the," "Blessed are those," whoever. Mm -hmm. The word "blessed" is "beati," so that's huh. where, in like an anglicized form, it comes "beatitude," mm -hmm. right? "Beatitude." Or, is that is that somehow related to the beatific vision? It is. It or is. like yeah. Or when you <laughs> like like in Italian, like if there's somebody who's a blessed before they become a saint, they're called "beati." So it's the same root mm -hmm. word. It's blessed. Mm -hmm. So that's where the name beatitude comes mm -hmm. from. Um, and that's the first word in each of these statements in the gospel, in the gospel of uh, Matthew. And, and the roadways that all of us have, the universal call to holiness, the universal call to holiness is the fact that, you know, in heaven, we are all saints, you know, and St. Paul goes into that in the scriptures very emphatically. And on the feast of all saints, Pope Francis expressed, you know, that direct path. If you want the direct path to heaven, to becoming a saint, 
It's, it's literally in realizing the happiness and holiness that we receive as followers of Christ on the roadway through the Beatitudes. So jumping into chapter 5, starting with verse 1 of Matthew's gospel, we have the Sermon on the Mount. So, you know, on this ser- in this sermon, he delivers the Beatitudes. When he saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and utter every type of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So concluding there with verse 12, we see these clear eight beatitudes. And, you know, as, as you proclaim it as, as a, a minister in the, in the proclamation of the gospel, as a priest or a deacon, when you're proclaiming the beatitudes, you're participating in the ministry of the person of Jesus Christ in this teaching. And what happens for me when I'm proclaiming this is, not only do I uh, recognize where I fit into these different beatitudes, mm-hmm. but as I'm looking out and proclaiming, I'm also seeing the people that I minister to where they fit in to the mystery of their own it's poverty like a and suffering. For you. It yeah. is, it ministry. is, and then you know, for people, people have to be reminded, and it has to kind of pastorally kind of sink into their brain, like, okay. My, my suffering right now has a place mm-hmm. and it's in the heart of Christ and Christ is speaking to me and, and helping kind of tie that together. That's, that's the beauty of the proclamation of the gospel. So as you hear, as you hear these beatitudes, you know, what, what speaks to you in your heart and yourself? Do you, do you feel that like when you're hearing the beatitudes? Yeah. It's seemingly like, um, like things happen to you in life. And like, I'm just thinking like, you know, at the beginning, just the poor in spirit, right? Like the poverty of the spirit, sometimes it happens to Mm -hmm. you, right? It's not like something that you're like, I seek poverty in my soul, Mm -hmm. but sometimes poverty happens in your soul. And I I feel like God's just saying like, this is, this is the way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is like, this is my way, right? And then you keep going down. It's like, you, you don't like, you don't go and seek mourning. You don't go like, you're inheriting the earth with your meekness, you know? So I think some of it is like us, like, like tr- trying through virtuous acts to do things, and then mm-hmm. the other is just like the 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 way that like life just deals you suffering, and life just and he's just saying like this is it. Hey, mm-hmm. look, you're mm-hmm. you're fine. This is like the way that I've chosen for you. Mm-hmm. This is the path that I've mm-hmm. brought you on to bring you to heaven. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't look away from it because yeah. this is it. Yeah. Your life's happening to you. Yeah. yeah, like how many people are just like, hey, I'm mourning, like. 
you know, and like, or I'm, um, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I thirst for righteousness. You know, it's like, these are things that occur, I think in the human soul. Mm -hmm. And, and he's just picking you up, dusting you off and saying, Hey, this is the path to heaven. Yeah. Like, I was telling Ryan last night that I, I heard this statement that God always makes you the saint that you don't want to be. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. That's yeah. real. That's rough. It's like, look, yeah. you want to be the saint of you know puppies, kittens, and winning the lottery. It's not going to happen, right? <laughs> Hankies. I right? mean, come on. I mean, do you, do you think you know the, the, the saints who are martyred? Like, hey, I can't wait to be a martyr. I can't wait to experience excruciating yeah. pain and suffering, or die of starvation in a Nazi concentration camp like Maximilian Kolbe, or any of these things. But God makes you the saint that you don't want to be. And I think that's kind of the heart of the Beatitudes is making sense of the suffering of this world and that there is meaning to it and there is something on the other side in the promise. And that's and that's Christ's redemptive love because he redeems something yeah. that seems completely absent of God. Because when mm -hmm. it comes to sin and death, yeah. these are these are consequences of the author of sin and death. Right. You know, inspiring Adam and Eve to turn and disobedience from God, you know, this is this is the reality we face as a result of the fall. We're exposed to these things, but God so loved the world that he sent Jesus into the world as redeemer, and now the instrument of torture, suffering, death, the cross, now becomes an instrument of salvation. Mm. And, and Not he's, just for you, but for everybody. For everybody. Yeah. So whatever the suffering you face, that is the certain reality that Christ is redeeming and making something good come out of something evil. Mm. You know, like that's, that's the beauty of it. Whenever we're suffering something manifesting in such power where we're like powerless before it, that is precisely where Christ wants to meet you. Mm. And, and it's what you're saying too, Sheila, like I'm thinking about my own life. It's, it's like when I was in the seminary and I told my formator, I do not want to be placed in pediatric oncology. I don't <laughs> want to do that. Like, you can put me anywhere. Do not do that. I don't me. suffer I don't, like that. You get me? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to force my own formation. <laughs> and sure enough, like, and it's not like my formator, you know, my formator was like, yeah, I understand, Rich, whatever. But then where did I get assigned? I get assigned to pediatric oncology and pick you. So God is going to bring you into your fears, into the place where you you fear, yeah. po feel powerless, because it's the place you don't want to go. But that's right. precisely where He pioneers and yeah. leads you. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Our Father, lead us not in temptation, right? Mm -hmm. That's asking, hey, don't put me to this test, right? Yeah. And so often we are put in that test. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, and we'll talk about this in another episode. But sometimes it's like. What's with all the testing? Can't yeah. we just, can yeah. we, you know, like, can we just inherit the kingdom without the whole yeah. suffering part of it? You, you want know? some of this, God? Come on, bring can, it on. Can we just be children of God without the whole, you know, like, blessed yeah. are we? Can we skip that step? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's that's the mystery of this. So let's. I wanted to get into each one of these and kind of unpack mm, yeah. them individually mm -hmm. because they're all so. You could powerful. do a whole show on one of them. No, that's true. You yeah. know, that's true. You know, that's how profound. Like, they like are. even starting with the poor in spirit. So let's let's continue yeah. to flesh that one out. Yeah. Have I mean the first beatitude? Man, the first beatitude. Do you, I mean how how is it that we can't see the poverty of spirit in the world today? Mm. You know, people are mm. suffering such spiritual poverty. Mm and emptiness, mm -hmm. you know? And and in the forms of polarization and isolation, there are groups of people that are just being separated and people are even being separated in their home. And in that poverty of yeah. spirit, like, I'm man, thinking, is it a I'm problem. thinking like, just like with tragedy that happens in daily life and how 
instead of helping another person, they're videoing it mm-hmm. so they can stick it on the Oh, excuse me. We'll blank that out. <laughs> the video, they're videoing it so they can put it on the internet so that they can literally, like, I don't know, get some sort of satisfaction from somebody watching it mm-hmm. on their whatever profile mm-hmm. or I don't know. I'm out of turn on that. But like that to me is a poverty of soul. Just that. Mm-hmm. Like, Put your phone down and help somebody. Yeah. It's rubbernecking, you know? you know. Like, is that what? It, it, well, yeah. you think about it. It's like people yeah, it's get locked in in traffic, and you're like, "What's going on?" And then you're like, "Your disposition. You're angry." And then it's like, "Why can't people just drive through this accident? Whatever's going on up there?" Yeah. And it could be as simple as just like a car pulled over on the side, but then everybody stops and has to look. Mm-hmm. You know, where the disposition is prayer. You know, the disposition yeah. is like. I pray to God that everybody's okay. Let me suffer this, you know, in patience, but, you know, Lord, please, like, and then intentionally not pulling out your phone so that you can showcase this is, you know, and and perpetuate the violence or whatever type of accident happened. But yeah, it's like a form of rubbernecking. Yeah. And the poverty of that soul is, is set up in juxtaposition to the poverty that that we experience through suffering. Right. So you have like that sort of poverty that denies like anything related to God, but you also have the poverty of the soul that you love God and you're going through something mm-hmm. and you, you cry out mm-hmm. to God. Like you, like, and, and that's the, that's the blessed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the, it's using that poverty. It's like Mother Teresa's yeah. poverty yeah. spirit. Yeah. yeah that's the purest form. Yeah. You're hitting on, I think, the positive aspect of the suffering part of this mm-hmm. particular beatitude. Cause we talked about the people who are an obvious spiritual poverty they just they feel nothing they have no direction right but i think the positive aspect of this is people who've realized you know and this is where the blessing comes from is that they need god and they realize that their spiritual hunger is only ever for god and that their spirit is oriented towards god that their spiritual poverty is coming from separation from god from their own fall from their own actions and people who can realize that that's when the blessing comes from it. Right. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven. Kingdom like we're not even talking like you're blessed. It's like no, you're pff, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's ultimate connection mm-hmm. with God through your poverty. And, and Jesus shows us the full human experience, right? And he redeems every aspect of it. So, where do we see poverty of spirit? When he expresses father on the cross, why have you forsaken me? Well, how do we see this incarnated if if the beatitudes are the direct path to heaven? Um where do we see this in the saints? St. John of the Cross, Dark mm-hmm. Night of the Soul, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa, 40 years of, of that type of darkness, questioning like God's love. Yeah. You know, like that, that mystery in and of itself, to your point, Sheil, it's like when you respond and obey God in that state, that's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot. Yeah, that bridge is right there. So his example shows you, but now his teachings are fulfilled when Christ is forsaken. And we've talked about that a lot. Like when there's two ways to go in the sufferings that the church brings mm-hmm. to, to us as sons, right? And and how do we approach those? Do we approach those with hatred for the person that provides the you know the suffering for us, or do we take that to God and do we suffer in silence? Mm-hmm. In his name. Yeah. Right. Could you imagine how this hurt, this sounded to the ears of the people listening to this? Mm. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. I'm not even making you the king of Judea or the king of England or the king of France. 
yours is the kingdom of heaven. That's a bold mm. claim for somebody who's poor in spirit. They're like, what is this dude talking about? Mm. Somebody yeah. poor in spirit and they're going to get heaven, the kingdom of heaven? Okay. It, it's still hard today. But, That's why we're talking right. about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, it yeah. if it was something everybody got, mm-hmm. Jesus wouldn't have <laughs> like taught it. Love your enemies? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, uh, turn the other cheek. Turn the other what? cheek. Pick up your cross. <laughs> yeah, like these, these realities, these teachings are uh-huh. not, you know, uh, something that the worldly ears mm-hmm. are t- attuned to. It's That's like, right. you know, our worldly ears are attuned to the pleasures of life and the avoidance of suffering. Mm-hmm. Self-preservation is innate to the human person and and all of creation, you know? So the fact that somehow now this kind of return to God is the conversion mm-hmm. so that we're turning back in this direction where now we're going against the stream Mm -hmm. of the movement of the inclination of the human person, the concupiscence. We're actually going with the stream. Yeah. In that sense. We're going with the real stream. We're going with the 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 stream of water and blood pouring out from the heart of Christ in divine mercy. It's like the rivers of of Mm. the of the baptismal waters of, of our life is you know certainly moving in the direction of the kingdom of God, mm. but it's it's only participating therefore in in mercy, mm. uh, in relationship to our persecutors or our suffering. Yeah. So moving on to the second beatitude: Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mm. You've probably experienced a lot of mourning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have, and it's you know like the, I, I just think of and the comfort. Yeah, I just think yeah. of like the the eye care movement that we have uh, going on at the parish, and how many people are joining uh, the bereavement effort here, and you know people who are professional counselors retired, um, but people who are just good natured and want to accompany people in their grief and in their mourning, and and certainly my heart as a as a priest is constantly being. Um, drawn close to the heart of those who mourn um, because everybody experiences loss. Everybody experiences death. And it is Christ being in that place so that their mourning is, is drawn into the mystery of what Christ did with Mary and Martha at the death of their, their, their brother Lazarus. It is Christ weeping with those who weep. It's Christ mourning with those who mourn. And, and that company... It's like, you know, when, when you turn in the moment of suffering, you're trying to find consolation and friendship and nobody's there, you know, and then you turn to Christ and he says to you, I'm with you always. And it's in that moment of, of mourning where your mourning turns to that foretaste of perfect joy in heaven, yeah. the joyful presence of Christ in the midst of your mourning. Yeah, and you know, there's in, in scripture, it's like love your neighbors. Well, don't even the the Gentiles love those who love them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, love your enemies. <clears throat> and everyone mourns for the things that hurt them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I heard them saying once, it's easy to be a stoic until it hurts, right? But what about the people who mourn for people they don't know? People who mourn for the poor, the abandoned, the widow, the neglected, the outcast. That's a mourning, too, that I think more people need to, because it's so easy to just look at the problems of the world and say, yeah, it's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Or, wow, yeah. 38 people died in the fire. Wow, that sucks. And then move on. And you completely 
minimize the human aspect that these were entire people loved creations of God with whole stories, whole lives ahead of them or behind them, people who loved them and whole networks. And you and the news can desensitize you to the individual value of every individual life. And when you can start thinking about that and it's then looking point. at the suffering in the world and actually mm-hmm. mourn for them, the comfort for that that you'll receive is so much greater. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I, I love the whole sense of the news desensitizing because the volume of suffering, mm. a lot of people want to turn their back through and not turn into empathy or compassion toward their their neighbor or toward a stranger or foreigner or, or somebody that's, oh, that's their suffering. But in every respective poverty in the created order of God, our hearts are called to that mercy and that foundational mourning with that compassion, that empathy. It's, yeah, it's Christ that mourns in us. And and the thing is, yeah. is like, you know, we could sit there humanly, and I've, I've done this, I'm, I've been a culprit of this, you know, save the whales or save the manatees or, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that, that poverty is not as, you know, terrible as this part. No, but it is a clear poverty. And thank God there are people and, and I value that they do have mm-hmm. empathy toward that initiative. I may mm-hmm. not feel it's the same thing that I'm associated with, and I, my heart, my time needs to be invested elsewhere. But mystically, somehow, by participating in Christ, when our hearts are open and, and efforting mm-hmm. to show that empathy, compassion, and mourn with, th- there's a blessing in that. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be for any respective created, created order. I mean, would you, I, I heard the question once posed, like, would you happily have all the population of humpback whales wiped out to save one random homeless transgender drug addict and their, their soul? Would that be worth it? Mm-hmm. And, and if you can't say yes to that, you got to look at where you're at. And I know that sounds so counterintuitive in today's world, like, wow, we got to take care of the ecology and, you know, these whales are part of God's creation. But the human soul is so much more valuable to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that God did not become incarnate and die on the cross so that humpback whales can, you know, swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like spiritual priorities. That's, but, yeah, I mean, that's like, what I'm getting but, at. But even, even, even then, I, I would even consider this a, a distraction, mm-hmm. right, from reality, right? Because you can, like as a father, I can work, work, work and look at my career and, and, and go and go and then come home and be like, well, I'm doing the right thing here. I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about this because this is a greater good. And what happens is you in, inherently give your children poverty by not being present to them, mm-hmm. right? So it's, and and it's it's kind of like a trick, right? Yeah. It's a it's a bait and switch, right? It's yeah. it's something that draws you away from the reality mm-hmm. of our lives. And, right? and God, God has the whales are still important, but yeah. like, but God know. has the most imp- powerful <laughs> effect because He can turn the way that we orient the hierarchy of goods subjectively, and then we come to a conclusive point in our intellect, like this is the greatest good. Mm-hmm. But then all of that turns upside down. Yeah. So uh, the mystery of it is, is, you know, can we differentiate and make these decisions and discern where we should be oriented? Yes. These hypothetical scenarios are, are, are hopefully expressing there is a greater dignity in the human person that right. that deserves our attention um, in the prioritization of our charity. However, mm. we have the unique ability 
to showcase love and to tend to God's creation because that is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. So we should value and respect somebody's position if their charity and their time is being invested, you know, because, you know, look how many people who, who prioritize and their affection toward, you know, created animals or, or the earth or whatever. Pets. They're and, fur babies. Yeah. And, and yeah. thank God, like that, that they have that, that, order and that inclination of charity. So it's respecting and valuing both and listening. Like mm -hmm. God is mystically providing. It would be wonderful if we had eternity in our hands and we weren't suffering the temporal reality where we have to decide between goods, yeah. but that's the nature in which we have to. So the, the order in which we live would completely fall apart if people were not caring for the ocean. Mm. You know, like if, if that guy wasn't creating a solution to rid the ocean of, of pollution, like, yeah. oh, dude, you're wasting your time. You're never going to be able to do it. No, we need that guy, too. Yeah, yeah it's like your it's bishop was saying. And. It's like your bishop was saying that a lot of times people talk about a truth, not mm -hmm. the truth. Yes. Taking care of the ecology is a truth. Taking care of the poor and the homeless is a truth. They are all components of the truth. Yes. Mm. So that's not an exclusion. It's more of a bellwether, you know, of, you know, are you prioritizing and are you looking at the entirety of truth not just a truth when you mourn when you try mm -hmm. to apply your skills right mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and i'm not to beat this one up but like there is oh, like totally you, beat you, it and up. And we can beat this up a little bit more <laughs> but you know like uh, you know i went to i'm a, not going to kill the whales right? a, dog, <laughs> a dog cemetery right a what? A, like a you know, like a, a cemetery a for cem animal, pet cemetery. Pet cemetery. Yeah. So, so you're talking pet cemetery, like Stephen King, you know, bury <laughs> stuff in. Like, no, <laughs> it was exclusively for dogs. Okay. What? For a pet cemetery for dogs? Just for dogs. Did they have like a little chapel, like they do in like Slovakia, where it's like <laughs> a chapel made out of dog bones? <laughs> Guys, this, stop. People love dogs. Stop. stop. I this, love dogs. I love dogs. The Sedlak ossuary made out of Fido's <laughs> skulls. <But> it, <laughs> This is so bad. Because that would be totally metal, dude. No, so what I'm trying Toto. to say. <laughs> shrine of Toto. Not the band. Not the band. <laughs> under right, under, right underneath it. Not the band. This is so insensitive. This is so insensitive. What's a dog? Did I tell you about my friend, what they did with their dog? So they, they I don't know, it was like taxidermied after it died. Oh, no. And then it was sitting on their freaking bed. Under bed? And and you could see the bed like all the way down the hall. So I walk in the house and I look to the left. He's still there. No, oh, no. Yeah, Sammy. Looking at me. Just like That's worse. That's out. worse than Charlie. That's worse than Charlie Chaplin. Oh, the statue of Charlie Chaplin. Way worse. So your point way was. Worse. So what I was trying <laughs> to say before you guys completely subverted the movement of <laughs> compassion and did whatever you just in fairness, did. You brought up pet cemeteries. Well, the the pastoral care around somebody who mourns the death of an animal needs to be respected. Sure, you know, and it's like the it's like the kids who come up to me after their theology teacher, who took a Bible class in their, you know, undergrad, turns around and tells people, you know, tells kids after their dogs die or their pet dies that you know dogs are not in heaven, pets are not in heaven. And we did an episode on that. And yeah, you need to watch that episode. And it's like, you know, there is no dogma emphasis on dog saying that there's no 
pets in heaven. We're not yes. Catholics. We're not Catholic. You like Catholic? But, you know, like, and then and then I've got to pass really care for this kid who's one mourning their animal, and then, like, God doesn't love my animal. Sorry, kid fight doesn't help. Hey, you some ice cream. Week. Get over <laughs> it. <laughs> it's just, like, there needs to be greater sensitivity yeah, yeah, of course, of course. to people's hearts as it relates to the created world that people fall in love we with. We mourn yeah. what we lose yes. in love. That's exactly it. Period. Like, yep. it could be your job. You know, mm -hmm. it could be a person, it could be an illness, it could be everything. Mm -hmm. You're, you, you mourn what you lose yeah. mm -hmm. in this world because this world is not about concrete forever, right? Yeah. And so mourning is a natural response to something that points us to heaven. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen said is like, when people die, that person is removed to draw your attention to where you're headed. Yes. Like, it's it's not like, he's not saying, like, mourning is bad. He's saying mourning is really good mm -hmm. because it, what it does is it draws your heart and your mind to heaven and the reality that is to come, not that we're living it, yep. mm -hmm. you know? All right, so to step out of the pet cemetery and back into the Beatitudes. The next one is not blessed, <laughs> blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the land. A lot of people have a hard time with this one. Because mm -hmm. uh, they look at meekness as a weakness. You're right. So it's like the sense of, well, I, you know, so I've just got to be soft in relationship mm -hmm. to... Going to be a pushover? Yeah, a pushover. No. But that's not what meekness is. And that is a, that's a misappropriation or a misunderstanding. It wields strength, actually. I exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So... You know, but it, it requires temperance, it requires perseverance, it requires the virtue of patience and humility, you know, to make emphasis on on meekness, there's also a great sense of prudence and wisdom in respect to how you deal with this type of poverty, working with people who may be violent and aggressive in relationship to possessing things and stealing and thievery and all that type of stuff. How do you, how do you interact with that in, in face of it? Well, meekness is not a weakness. It's a strength in, in relationship. It's to also that, knowing where your power comes from. Yeah. Right. It's, mm. it's, it's wielding strength from God, mm -hmm. not wielding your own strength. Yeah. I think meekness is the door that you allow God to, to come into, to open up mm -hmm. real Real strength, mm. you know, which mm -hmm. is his. Yeah, this is something that's been criticized throughout the ages by critics of Jesus's teaching, and especially I would say in kind of post-Christian mindsets. You know, Nietzsche said uh, that being meek and the exaltation of the meek is a slave mentality and slave morality, um, and that they're always saying, "Well, Jesus was soft; he was a pushover, and he's telling you to be a pushover." But that's not the way of the world. The real man goes out and defends Christianism with a sword or the real man is taking what's his and you know you got your you know overly super macho type stuff but meekness is about having I like what you said is about knowing where your power comes from right? yeah and and the world looks at meekness and it's defined like this so if you like hey define meek you know define uh, meekness it's going to say submissive 
Really? Yeah. So I like, didn't know that. but that's the that is a that is a worldly approach to that reality, and that's not what Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes. Pope Francis clarifies this. He says, "Those who are meek are patient, gentle, merciful, drawing people together, mm. salvaging relationships." Mm. Yeah. Meekness entails tenaciously holding on to one's trust and relationship with God, to your mm. point, and protectively guarding his gifts of peace, Amen. mercy, fraternity, wow. concord, right? Like that, that sense of, of really what is the higher good here is, is unity, is, is coming to a, a collaborative salvaging of this relationship with you right now. Yeah. So I am unafraid to address you in the inequality of what we're facing, and I, I, I sense that you're wrong, but I'm going to deal with that with a sense of patience, Amen. gentleness, mercy. Virtue. It's virtue. It's virtue. It's employing the virtues. There's, and if you want to be fully a man, virtus, vir, yeah. man, is, is emphasizing the virtues, the beatitudes, are this direct path for us to find fulfillment, happiness, joy, and develop that foretaste of the kingdom in the way that we relate to one another. Yeah. Again, meekness is a strength. You said the foretaste of the kingdom. That So all the beatitudes, there is, you're blessed because of the suffering, here is the reward. Yes. And the reward of being meek is that you will inherit the land. Mm -hmm. You know, And the, the concept of the land to the people who would have been hearing this the land is the promised land. It's the land of their fathers. It's the land that's been occupied by the Assyrians, the Romans, and the Egyptians, and the Babylonians. It's the thing that they were waiting for a Messiah to give them, yeah. was to go and win the land back. Yeah. I mean, we still see that to this day, the yeah. struggle over that mm -hmm. land. Mm -hmm. But the and, and it is it is that reality of a land flowing with milk and honey. It's yeah. a land of prosperity and peace. Mm -hmm. It's a land that they can occupy. That as God enjoins. And possess yeah by right. Yes. In security saying this by is, God. By God, by <laughs> right yes. possess. Yes. In 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 the most secure way. And I think the land is another way of saying pure security. Mm -hmm. Total security of 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 resource and safety. Yeah. And that's what the meek are inheriting. They're not acquiring it through war. Right. They're not acquiring it through commerce or purchase. Fires like in Rome. Right. Yeah, crashes. They're inheriting it as a patrimony by being patient and meek and being submissive and not trying to claim and grasp something that is not theirs yet. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. yet. That's meek. That's submissiveness. That's like saying, my dad has a business. I know I'll get it one day, but I'm not hoping for him to die so I get the business or get the inheritance. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. I when it's due time, that's when you inherit it. Mm -hmm. And that's a meekness of the soul that I think mm -hmm. that this speaks to. But I think also like with this, it's it's also enjoining several virtues, yeah. right? Like, I mean, we're all called to be virtuous and virtues of, it's an exercise of, of the human soul, right? And building that. And I think meekness is a product of that too as well. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great point. And, you know, when you think of promise and inheritance, what do our followers, you know, and, and those who subscribe receive as an inheritance and a promise from us? Our videos. Yeah. I mean, wow. Blessed are they who subscribe because you will get more <laughs> videos sent to you in your feeds. <laughs> <laughs> so don't miss a moment right now. And if you haven't subscribed or given us a thumbs up on our YouTube channel or shared this content in social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we're out there in the World Wide Webs and the Catholic Church is spreading and the proclamation of the gospel and the preaching of Jesus is continuing. And we want you to be a part of that. So make sure that you're sharing our content and clicking on stuff. Yeah, but you know, 
if you want that special relationship, the Patreon tier is... Blessed are they who becomes patrons, for they will get all the swag. (laughs) (laughs) And you get great things like Catholic Talks coffee mugs, hoodies. We've got um, new hats. I'll show them. Oh, I love that. I love those hats. I need one, actually. I've lost mine. Of course you (laughs) have a lot of hats. Well, you can become a patron because, dude, you have gotten enough free ones. (laughs) So Tanisha gave me a shout out to Tanisha. She gave me a shirt. It fits me perfectly. It's Saint Saint Anthony. I think it's Saint Anthony, and it says, "Don't be a loser," because <laughs> I lose so much. You stuff. do lose everything. <laughs> That's brilliant. So if you go to CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash Patreon, and there's going to be a link in in the show notes and in and above, you can go there and subscribe to any of our tiers. We're not asking for a ton of money. We're not asking for your mortgage. Just the change out of your pocket and you got a lot of great stuff um in exchange uh, out of our gratitude swag 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 so the next beatitude the fourth beatitude blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness and for they will be satisfied for they will be satisfied you gotta finish it so, <laughs> <laughs> well i just can't help it because pastorally you know we right we, he wants to preach it's what he does he's we, gotta preach, preach. we live in preach. a a polarizing powerful world where in this partisan reality that we face, the news feeds are constantly just separating us. But ultimately, it's based on this appetitive mm. nature of our heart and our soul. We we really do hunger. We do thirst Ooh. for righteousness yeah. in both respects. And it's like, but then now it's uh, now it's manipulated and twisted. Mm. But all of us want this. Yeah. In, ev- in every respect. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's like what uh, the bishop said on that show last time we were recording. And he's like, you have to see the good. Yeah. Like, I think he's up. talking yeah, about dude. this. I think he's talking it's about exactly like, right. the good. They're hungering for some form of yeah. goodness, whether it's misappropriated yeah. or it's appropriate. And, and properly. discern it and value it. Discern yeah. it and value it. I Guide value it. that Guide with it. you. Yeah. But don't even don't even approach it where like, okay, now I gotta pull you in like that. Oh, okay. I'm just gonna value that. your position. Yeah. That's it. Affirm it. I'm going to affirm it. There's a value and there is a mystical nature that there is a truth there that is in the truth. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the... It's the good that they're seeking. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that that really... I'd watch this show if... Like if I was watching on YouTube. Well, that that talking to Bishop Holmeyer and and he talked about that understanding the good other people are seeking has really resonated throughout my life. I've really, mm-hmm. he kind of spiritual ninja me on that. Yeah. Right? And, and you're you such think a about jerk. a hierarchy <laughs> of goods, a hierarchy of goods. Right. What is a greater good than this kind of meekness and recognizing, Hey, I do recognize Ooh. that you're thirsting and hungering for righteousness in that. Right. Let's just leave it there because now the goodness of it is our through mercy we're coming into a form of union of value. And here's an important part, because you're like, hey, let's just leave it there. And people are like, well, you're soft. No, you need to hammer them over the head with the truth and that they need to um, you know, be uh, protesting abortion and they have to be voting for this candidate and they have to be doing this and these people have to be kicked out. And it's, <clears throat> that's their righteousness. Yeah. That is not righteousness. Mm-hmm. Righteousness belongs to God alone. God alone mm-hmm. is righteous. And any attempt to say what righteousness is is definitively is an attempt to usurp the rights and and truth of God who is righteousness that's strong. all righteousness flows through. Amen, bro. That's strong. Right? That is powerful and it's a strong statement and it lends to people becoming self-righteous. Mm. What's more unattractive than self-righteousness? <laughs> yeah. 
That is like the most unattractive quality of people, you know, like if you want to call it a quality because it's based on what you're describing, that that dichotomy. Yeah. It's like spiritual butt hair. <laughs> <laughs> you're on fire today. Thanks. Wow. So look <laughs> It is like you now. There's there's something that's going to go on your grave. S- Self righteousness is like spiritual, <laughs> dude. You are a regular Chesterton. Thanks. <laughs> so okay, well, what's the promise for this? You know, for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, not self righteousness, they will be satisfied. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be satisfied in your own self righteousness. Yes. You'll never be satisfied by saying things are my way. Well, then you're just going to want them something else in your way. You will only be satisfied, and this goes back to the last one, in meek meekness mm-hmm. towards the one who is righteous. Now we're starting to see the interconnectedness of these awesome. beatitudes. Yeah. Awesome. So it's like, you know, and what are we doing now through this? We're protecting the peace that is offered to us in Christ yeah. in our suffering. Mm-hmm. We're protecting the peace that we can have together mystically as a community. Wow, now that I'm looking at these, do they start to flow together? Yeah, they're interconnected without right, so, a doubt. Jesus so must be the... God. So the <laughs> next the, the next <laughs> That's a great confession of faith there, Peter. Put that on my tombstone. Yeah, that's, Jesus that's must the be Della God. Cross creed. <laughs> so the fifth beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mm. And now this interconnectedness that we have in relationship to meekness, into this thirst and hunger that's always going to be the disposition, that's satisfied in Christ, peace is there. Now, in this gift that you have received through laboring through your cross and poverty, now you start to see, wow, this this peace is a gift of God's mercy for me. God has shown me this path by way of Jesus's teaching and his fulfilling of his teachings, and now, if I've received mercy, I need to give mercy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love this beatitude in particular, and it keeps me locked into, okay, here's a point of suffering. This person is revealing themselves as an enemy to me. I have to look at that person as the greatest gift to me. Mm-hmm. And let me, let me employ mercy. That's why I'm grateful for the chaplet of divine mercy because it helps me with that mantra mm-hmm. of calling down mercy on Ooh. my persecutors, on my enemies, on the evils that I face. And I just want to, I want to fulfill that mission. I'm not always great with it. I'm impatient. I, I have to sure. deal with my, my own humanity. Hot-blooded. Um, uh, yeah. And it's like, and, and that's my reaction, but like, no, like this is a gift. And when you sit down with Jesus and it's like, you review this particular beatitude, it's like, this is the greatest gift to me. I get to show mercy now. You know, and looking how this flows from the last one, when you lose that self-righteousness and you hunger for God's righteousness, for the one who redeems us in Christ and his righteousness, well, then you see, instead of this person who fails my standards of righteousness, my self-righteousness, well, then they're just a creature in need of mercy like yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel merciful because you've abandoned the idea that they need to live up to a standard. You don't live up to yourself. Mm. So then you start to show them mercy because you see their need for God and you see your own need and you start to receive mercy when you recognize that you need mercy because yeah. yeah. mercy is super abundance through the power of the cross. It's like a leveling tool yeah. in mm-hmm. your soul. I, I remember, like, I mean, even in the Our Father, it's like, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive mm-hmm. those who trespass against us, right? Like, you're seeking this, like, centrifuge of mercy in your life. And I remember, like, 
in my worst, in my in my conversion, I had to be merciful to to receive mercy, and it was through you know events and circumstances in my life that I just could not let go of, right? And I realized that all the sinful behavior was coming from something. It was a it was a a, a symptom of holding on to suffering and pain. And when I started, I remember somebody's like, you need to pray for this person every day for 30 days, pray a rosary for them. I'm like, I can't do it. And I started praying. Mm. And I realized that in the 30 days, I realized that that this person mm -hmm. was God's child, Amen. right? And I was too. Mm -hmm. And that it's like a leveling tool of the soul, mm -hmm. right? Mm. Yeah. One of the devotions that I've kind of picked up, I know it's not a devotion anyone else does, is um, I take the Eastern prayer rope and then I do, well, I'll, I'll take my rosary and I'll do the Jesus prayer, you know, mm -hmm. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But then in the Our Father beads, I'll do the divine mercy prayer. Mm. So it's kind of an East-West mashup all around mercy. Oh, That's, cool. You know, one of the things I, I like to pray. It's like a mixtape. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so I sit there on the radio and just, oh, I like that song and that song and put it together. <laughs> Mercy, boy, do we need more mercy yeah, in our world because, I mean, even when you look at people, you're like, oh, look at these people on the news, these people who are not like me, and they're doing stuff that's not good, or look at this person at work. I can't stand this person. You mm -hmm. know, I, I work next to them all the time. They got this giant beard. They're always chewing and drinking iced tea and wearing weird hats and fishing and whatever, and, I, you know, having mercy towards that person, Howard, is... Um, Again, greatest <laughs> gift. Greatest gift. Greatest gift. The attitude. Love you, Howie. But no, mercy is, you know, it's something that we should freely give because it's freely given to us because we don't deserve mercy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's it's challenging, you know, being in the confessional and people with contrition and, and true sense of like penitence, um, they make their offering to God through their penance and they experience God's mercy and his forgiveness. But how often is it the case that it's like, I don't want to give that to anybody else. Right. Yeah. It's just for me, you know? And no, like mercy is given so that mercy may continue to perpetuate in giving. Mm -hmm. And it's through the instrument of our, our actions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it reminds me of, of being with Pope Francis in Rome for my first meeting as a missionary of mercy. And to see, you know, how, how Pope Francis has like structured... Uh, this new evangelization and and how he has approached his catechesis and how he's yeah. approached the office of of the successor of Saint Peter. When he was speaking to his missionaries of mercy, he formed an order. Yeah. You know? And he formed a movement of priests around the world. Yeah, he opened up mercy in a sense, he opened up more mercy. Yeah. Like, and the availability of that right. mercy in every nation. Yeah. Like and and it is the mercy that is enjoined by the Holy Father himself. Mm giving the faculties to his missionaries to be present to these forms of darkness and suffering in the world. And, you know, that's why the church always has to be renewed. Ecclesia Semper Reformanda Mess, the church is in a constant state of reform because we have to return to the Beatitudes. We've got to return to this order of life because we, it's not just based on let's teach it and then move on. We've got to teach it and now we've got to live it. Mm. And it's, it's the living component of it that can go stagnant and go, go stale yeah. and become prioritized in different ways. And 
you know, if if St. Augustine, which I believe is just so accurately true, right on this, he expresses that the the Beatitudes is the perfect standard of the Christian life. So having contact with the Beatitudes and memorizing these and seeing how they interconnect is, is a very good thing for you to consider doing. My grandpa used to make me memorize the Beatitudes. So <clears throat> he'd pick me up, you know, like we go out to breakfast, but we would drive around until I could name all the Beatitudes in order. And, right. and, and it, Can't it, eat. <laughs> you're not eating. You know, this is going to be once every two weeks or whatever. That's beautiful. And we're it not is. stopping the car. And we'll just drive around the block until you get them all in order. That's oh, excellent. You know? Amazing. And then I remember I got a pencil that had the Beatitudes on them. <laughs> and I used to use that to like, while I'd be in school and I'd like kind of memorize them. Like, cause like, That's awesome. But then it started getting sharpened, and I started losing some of the Beatitudes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was maybe like seven or eight. And so I was, yeah. That was That's awesome. excellent. So let's move on to the sixth Beatitude. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Tough one in today's world. Oh, yeah. Very difficult. Very difficult. I mean, if I, you know, custody dies is a difficult thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, desire for pure things, whether they're... Mm sexual, financial, or even um, socially good. Yeah. Tough thing to accomplish in today's world to be clean of heart. Yeah. I came across this uh, saying where um, men uh, desire through their gift of sight to see, women desire to be seen. Mm. And the discipline of disciplining your eyes and what you are looking for as a man and disciplining uh, the modesty and the, and, and, and the virtue of, of chastity for women and men is, is kind of in this dichotomy where women have to uh, develop the sense of not being seen or provoking that. Yeah. Uh, and, and then what is seen as a relationship of that is, is that God now becomes the primary object of one's movement uh, through modesty, through chastity, in the purity of heart, so that God is seen in the other and respected in in, in that in that uh, in that way, and you see it right. You see it oh, in these boy. men and women that have traversed the path of the Beatitudes, and it's a joy being a priest because I could look in the eyes. I'm thinking of this one woman in particular. She's like in her 80s, and she's just got so much light and purity in her eyes, and she just always a joyful smile in the midst of all of her suffering, and it's like she's encountering God and the other in every single exchange. I mean, just a true holy woman I think of her when I think of, of clean of heart. So you're saying I need to shut down my OnlyFans and my Foot Finder accounts? <laughs> yes. Wait, okay. a Foot Finder, what is that? Well, I asked Father Rich, is, is it licit to sell pictures of your feet for yeah, money? We had, this con- we had this conversation last week. Yeah, it was a hypothetical. This is kind of like a uh, like an Ansel moment where we were seeing how many angels can dance in the head of a needle. But is it is it illicit and immoral to sell pictures of your feet? I asked him, and not, not for any reason, I was asking for a friend, and uh, <laughs> we kind of landed on the yes, it was. So, <laughs> But this world, I mean, we are bombarded with things that take away our cleanliness of heart, whether it's through lust, whether it's through just disordered desires, whether mm-hmm. it's through, you know, the cleanliness of heart where you want more, you want more physical goods, more spiritual goods, right? Desiring other people's spiritual goods is a, is a malady that's never really talked about. Like, mm-hmm. wow, this person's holy. I want theirs, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But chastity, like you said, in today's world, especially for the young, it, it's such a it's such a difficult thing out there. And I, I just I feel I mourn for the people out there who are coming up now. You know, when we were kids, you know, it was like, oh, we found these magazines in the woods. Yeah. Now, I mean, it is everywhere you go, everywhere you turn, you cannot go on to mm. any of the millions of communication that these kids are on. I mean, you go on to Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok, yeah. you are immediately going to be hit with sexualization. Yeah. And and then now, as opposed to when we were growing up, it's in the magazine form, and this person is a model, and yeah. you take out the magazine, you put yeah. the thing on. Like Posters. Now yeah. it's like, you know, men are looking to see, and they're, they're going on the medium of social media, and now women want to be seen, so they're willing to do anything for this exchange seen, to take yeah. place, mm-hmm. and, and now this medium becomes the propagator of unchastity for this exchange for a momentary pleasure. Um, and and it's like okay, I am being seen, or I am being you know uh, affirmed yeah. in a way, but we're made for more than that. They're seeing nudity when they could be seeing God, mm-hmm. and that's what they're saying. Here's the promise of this one: Blessed are the king, clean of heart, for they will see God. How will you see God if there's a naked girl in front of your view, yeah. or or a dude, or whatever you know you're into? As and a then girl and then also like, how do you see your wife in yeah. in relationship to that too? Like this great gift that you've been given, like. The object of your love and the order of your masculinity is like, no, like you've got to value your wife after she has her children. You've got to value, you know, as she gets older, the gift of who she is, mind, body, heart, and soul. And you can't let anything get in the way of that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, it's not just men lusting after women. It's not just women lusting after men. It is a complete weaponization of the good and orderly desire Mm -hmm. to procreate and to desire your wife, yeah. desire your husband, all of that has been so manipulated and sold back to you for people who really just want money. Yeah, and and it's it's scary and and all of us are subjected to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're subjected to this this world and and these powers that are manipulating it. You know, we've got to help each other. It's like, you know, all of us have have fallen short of of uh, pursuing the cleanliness that is proper to God in our relationships with one another. But that's why we need to mobilize our support systems, our connections, and and make a change in the way that we relate to each other and value these beautiful customs and traditions that are rooted in Christianity, rooted in our Catholic faith, and that are based on the principles of these beatitudes. Mm -hmm. Now, moving into the next beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Again, seeing these interconnected, this interconnectedness. I'm not, I'm not taking something from you. You're not selfishly and pridefully looking for something for yourself. Now we're seeing how peace is secured and preserved is through this way of life. And now the peacemakers are called children of God. That's where the very adoption we receive mm-hmm. in baptism is realized in how we behave and how we act toward one that another. That would mean God is a peacemaker, right? Mm-hmm. If you become Without a, a child of God, then that would mean God himself is a peacemaker. It's Prince of Peace. You know, I think all of these Beatitudes have been leading up to this. If we're looking at this and how they flow into each other, our preparation. Mm. Right. So you become clean of heart. You become merciful. You desire righteousness, but God's righteousness. So you know, so now you understand how to be merciful. And once you're merciful, you understand that you have, want to have a clean heart so that you can have that mercy. But then now you're kind of prepared. Now this one starts to take into 
an action instead yeah. of a disposition. Yeah. You know, every other ones is like having this internal disposition. This one is really going out towards others, you know, and making peace among other people. And and look, peace can be conflicts and war like we're seeing in Russia and Ukraine, or peace can be you and your neighbor, your, you know, your dog's poop, his dog's pooping in your lawn, and you got to refrain from sending that dog <laughs> to the pet cemetery, right? And then you would go and mourn at the pet cemetery for that dog who pooped on our lawn. But full circle. It, full circle, right? Bringing it all back around circle like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> but establishing peace, whether you know, it's with your kids, it's with your wife or your husband, it's with your mom or your brother, it's with the person you work with. It's like it's with the person you're driving with who cuts you off and you just want to start screaming and them in the finger and you know get road rage. Like peace is a massive disposition. And if you look at people like who really followed our Lord, like St. Francis, the peace that he exuded. I, I would say, and I've heard it said, St. Francis is the person who most radically and closely lived mm. the Beatitudes. Yeah. And the peace he exuded is still in his city today. You know? <laughs> it's the city of peace. Right. You go to Assisi, you feel it. Yep. Really? Oh, there's no question. They should call you it go PC. to Assisi, you feel it. That's why they call it a city of peace. Wow. It's amazing. And, and it's good to see the incarnation of men and women who are living the Beatitudes and the saints are those men and women there in the church given to you as intercessors and examples of these, these uh, mm. particular Beatitudes. Mother Teresa, we started with her, right? And we, we thought, oh, poverty and spirit, darkness of, darkness of the soul. Well, listen to her reflection on this. Let us radiate the peace of God and so light his light and extinguish in the world and in the hearts of all men, all hatred and love for power. Today, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. That man, that woman, that child is my brother, my sister. And what Mother Teresa expect, expressed about peace, and it's what you started out with, it's work. It is a labor. It's an action in the world, and it's actionable in relationship to God because it's God's work, like you're saying. You know, you're mentioning city of God. Or I'm sorry, city of peace, Assisi. Uh, Jerusalem is God's footstool. Mm. That is where he rests his feet in his power, in his divine kingship, on Jerusalem. Jerusalem literally means the city of peace, shalom, peace, wow. right? That's what our Lord left. My peace I give you, my peace I leave you. Right. When you can start taking that peace that was left to you on Pentecost and giving it to other, I mean, you're doing the work of Christ. You're taking that peace that he left and spreading it around. And he is the Prince of Peace. And this world also, I mean, how many people have anxiety? Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's peace that you can give to people that are not in the conflict world, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't peace doesn't always have to be about conflict. You can give peace to somebody by saying, I know what you're going through. And I'm there for you. And you're giving them peace in their struggling. You're yeah, giving there's them a, there's peace a, in their uncertainty. Yeah, and even the peace that Christ left us was through his suffering and his death, right? Mm -hmm. His human death. And so, like, peace, like when you say it's actionable, it's dying to yourself, mm -hmm. dying to your provisional needs of this world and taking on mm -hmm. that which is of heaven, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and when they see you doing that, they're like, yeah, that person's a child of God. That person's yeah. doing it. Yeah. And that's Amen. the promise, you know, yeah. that Amen. you will be a child of God if you're a peacemaker. Yeah. And with all of the baptized, we recognize that we are in God's family. 
And what a greater place to experience peace and harmony in living out the Beatitudes and loving one another. Mm -hmm. The next Beatitude, blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's literally what what I just said is it's like suffer. It's the suffering that Mm -hmm. brings the peace. It's the suffering, lowering oneself for a greater good and another. The thing that I'm I'm thinking about is, and and it's because we're taking our time with the Beatitudes and we're talking about it, but it's just this amazing delivery of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount that captures in a most mystical way the perfect manifestation of the kingdom of God. And he addresses every single experience that we will have on earth and summarizes it in eight beatitudes. So in speaking to that point, what's the promise of this eighth beatitude? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What's the promise of the first beatitude? For theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Mm. It brings it in a full circle. Full circle. You know, and then even looking at it, Mm -hmm. right? Well, first you became clean of heart and you were showing meekness. Mm. Then you became uh, a peacemaker. But what do people do to peacemakers? They hate them. They hate them because they're robbing them of their animus, their their anger, right? And that's what they're, they're rageaholics. They can't live without rageahol. Mm-hmm. And then you're, they're feeling robbed. Mm-hmm. So the peacemakers will always be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Someone left a comment on one of our videos and they said, I have a question for you guys. Two questions. Why should I follow the Catholic Church? And why are you guys hated so much? Mm-hmm. And I said, let me answer both of your questions. And I said, because the Catholic Church is the true church founded by Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church is the true church founded by Jesus Christ. Mm. I answered both questions with the same statement. Mm-hmm. You will be hated for my name. And if you are a peacemaker, if you're righteous, if you're merciful, if you're clean of heart, this world's going to hate you because you are not of this world. Yeah. You are of the kingdom. Yeah. And that's what you are hoping to inherit. And that's what is your promise is the mm-hmm. kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I referenced uh, somebody uh, in the community wearing a veil. You know, and I and I affirmed that this woman was wearing a veil, and I kind of gave a little bit of a background why women wear veils in church, and and um, but when I said it, I saw this other woman just like kind of like <laughs> look at this girl and like just glared at her that she was wearing a veil, you know, and and who knows where she was in her mind or whatever. So I addressed it like right right then, but um, because I almost felt like I had to. Die. I wasn't went on a tangent because mm-hmm. I wasn't even going to talk about veils during this homily. But I was just using it as a, as an Were example. Were you wearing your um, cassock too, <laughs> <laughs> Father Young Tread? But it's like it's respecting and valuing, you know, and and recognizing that the greater the greater effort here is our mystical communion and reflecting the kingdom of heaven on earth. And yes, it's going to be under attack. Mm-hmm. Jesus's kingdom does not belong to this world, no. right. you know, and and it's like if we are children of God, we're going to suffer the same dynamics. But be at peace; you're blessed. Yeah. Yeah. What you were inheriting is far greater than what you could ever suffer in a momentary, temporal period of time on earth. Yeah. In light of the kingdom of heaven and the inheritance of what we're hearing in these beatitudes, no doubt, Lord, like I'm ready to suffer it. The, I had this awesome mystical experience on the Camino, and I don't know if I shared this with you guys, but I was walking and I was praying multiple rosaries, listening to St. Ignatius of Loyola doing my thing. And, and all of a sudden I come into this clearing 
and it's these rocks and it's kind of elevated position. It's a perfect place if you were going to give a, a talk or a sermon and people can gather. And from that elevated position, I, it was like I saw Christ. And I, I, I went straight to the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. And I'm sitting there, I, I returned, I sat on the rock and I just, I shut off my audible book and I put my rosary in my pocket and I just started meditating on the Beatitudes. And there were these purple flowers that were just populating these wildflowers all over the place. And it was a gorgeous, very beautiful place. And then what I was suffering and what I was bringing on the Camino, I was just like, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let this grow. This is an advent. This is, this is a new birth. And I've gotta be able to endure the suffering because something is being birthed right now. And, and, and the beatitude is, is the fact that this is, this is an establishment of the kingdom of heaven. This is an establishment of an inheritance that I don't yet see or understand, but I'm going, I'm going to receive it. And the, and the thing is, is, you know, like Jesus was mocked, mm -hmm. right, by the soldiers, like mocked the, the crown of thorns. Yeah. Like I always think when I'm praying the rosary, I, I think like the, the mockery that he endured is way more than what I've endured, uh, you know, and in, in living this life. And I've endured mocking. Like let's, let's all, you know, understand that. But he's endured I think that the most heaviest mockery because he's he's God. Yep. He doesn't right? deserve any of it. He doesn't deserve. Any and of dude, it. how hard is it to endure that? Yeah, it's it's one of the most challenging <laughs> things. And this is why I think Jesus In went silence. on and kind of contextualized this. Like yeah. I know this is going to be hard, guys. This is a hard beatitude to swallow. So blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you mm. falsely because of me. Mm. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who went before you. Thus they persecuted the Everybody. saints that came after Jesus. Yeah. Like you're in a you're in a mystical a family. family right yeah. now. And like, yo, just stick with the program. You and know, his like, work comes through that. Yeah. But our pride, like we don't want it. We don't want to no. face that. You know, like I don't don't bring that to me because I'm gonna I'm gonna come right back at you. Like, no, that's not yeah. that's not being a child of God. You know, so this was all from the Sermon on the Mount. And we see how much of this kind of flows into the Our Father that we mentioned so much, which is also from the Sermon on the Mount. Now, we're going to, there's another one, a form of the Beatitudes called the Sermon on the Plain from the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to get into that real quick and just show you the difference. But before we do, I want to mention that we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And this happened at the Church of the Beatitudes, which is a place that we're going to be going to on our pilgrimage coming up where mm. we're going to the Holy Land this January 10th to 20th, 2024. So if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Holy Land, you can see the full itinerary. There's very, very few spots left. And by the time you're watching this, they might already be taken up. So go and take Yeah, but there now. are there are just a few spots open. Four. Yeah, four. <laughs> so it's like we wanted to announce that to you. And this is your pilgrimage to Jerusalem is the city of peace. And we're going to be able to go to the place where the Sermon on the Mount took place and, and commemorate this and solidify it in you your memory and your mind. Oh, yeah. You have? What's oh, it like it's, there? It's awesome. You just see the natural landscape of yeah. a perfect amphitheater. It's beautiful. By God's creative hand in this holy this holy land. Talk about <laughs> You peace. can see when, it. When we're there, it's cool. When, the, when we are there, if you would, 
Yeah. I would like for us to just sit there and I'd like for you just to read this to all of yes. us. No commentary, just read it and let us well, just experience I, it. I uh, cannot promise I won't offer any commentary. Well, I mean, afterwards. <laughs> He's going to be crying too. We need Hanky. All I'm saying is that this episode, we got through the eight Beatitudes yes. in an hour and a half, okay? <laughs> I mean, you, look. I kind of take this to St. Paul, man. It's like, I just go. I'll just preach. International runs a tight ship, and if you're preaching a two-hour sermon longer than the actual <laughs> Sermon on the Mount, we're going to miss our next stop. So, look, if you're interested, we're going to all over the place. We're going to Bethlehem. We're going to the Holy Land. Uh, we're going to Jerusalem and Nazareth. We're going to the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. We're going to Petra. Go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Holy Land. Get one of these last seats, and we can experience this three-hour sermon that Father Rich is going to <laughs> I'll so be merciful. mercifully give. <laughs> I'll be merciful. So that was the Sermon on the Mount. There's the thing in Luke called the Sermon on the Plain, which is very similar in, in nature um, to this, but there's four Beatitudes and four woes, and I think that's a good place to end. Sure. So the Sermon on the Plain, and this is uh, Luke chapter 6. And raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven, for their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The four woes, right? Those are the things to look out for, right? There's the things that you can be blessed, but I, I love, I wanted to end on the four woes because this is, an inverse of that. Yeah. Look, if you're receiving your reward now, you're getting your reward now. Yeah. And this world is not your home. The world is thy ship, not thy home. Yeah. Right? St. Therese. So whatever suffering you're going through now is temporary. And if you're living a perfect life without suffering, you're getting your reward. Yeah. And that's the context of suffering that I think the Beatitudes wants to leave us we with. Need to, we need to put this on a card where it's like the, the Beatitudes... The and the woes. And the, like, what a great... Yeah, that would be cool to have it on both sides yeah. so that we could, you know, train woes. our children <laughs> and, 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 like, make sure that they're memorizing these things, too, because we've got to pass them on to our children, drill yeah. them into, the, into our children, yeah. as the scriptures call us to. Yeah. So we appreciate the fact that you find this rewarding to connect with us each and every week in the Catholic Talk Show. Once again, our website, catholictalkshow.com. There you could see all of our episodes all of our past things that we've done, and we've got some cool gear. If you're considering becoming a financial supporter of the show, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. They're on our website, and you'll see all the ways you could support us, and we want to send you that cool swag representing our Catholic faith with pride, and we wish you guys, you and your families, to continue to follow these principal teachings of Jesus, putting them into action, and establishing peace in the kingdom of God on earth. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.